Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to Weigh In Sports Talk. I'm your host, Brian Tarvin. We'll be joined tonight with co-host Jonathan Miklos. I'm trying to fire up the studio. Nothing like going in, you know, setting up a show late from your phone and then going to your laptop, realizing it has the update. So that'll be on shortly. Jonathan, I see you on. I'll bring you on in just a second. But welcome, everybody. Thursday night edition instead of usually our Wednesday night. But, hey. As long as we do it before the before the games on Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and Monday, we're good. So, want to welcome y'all. Sorry for the short notice. Most of y'all get this in podcast like you normally do. Listen to us in the archived file after we finish the show. If you catch it, six four six seven one six five five six four. If you'd like to call in, we'd love to have you. Jonathan, how you doing, buddy? Good to have you. Oh, good, good to be talking to you. I'm doing good. Uh, thinking about making a uh, a nice little weekend trip up to uh, uh, back home to uh, catch in on the big robbery game between my uh, my alma mater, Tarpon Springs, and their uh, their huge, I guess, inner city rival, Eastlake. All right, some high school football. Can't go wrong there. And um, any chance you're going down to South Florida to watch South Florida and Florida State play? Uh, I've been debating it. I, I see tickets in the nosebleeds are about down to 50 bucks. Um, so I've been kicking it around. But, uh, you know, to be perfectly honest, after last weekend, I'm not sure if I'm going to go watch Florida State this year until I know that I'm, I'm not going to get burned. Yeah, I've been burned twice this year. Um, it's not a good feeling when you when you give up your entire Saturday to look. You support your team no matter what. I get that, but there's a difference when you spend all day driving, tailgating, watching the game to lose. So that's the worst feeling in the world, Jonathan. That's one of them. And then by the time you get home, you're okay. You know, you have a couple hour drive to get back. But I hate going to games that you're supposed to win and you lose. Now it's different if you go to a game knowing that, you know, like if we're playing Bama, we're a 20-point dog. It's fun to go see just in case we win. But, you know, when you're you're favored in the game and you lose, it hurts. So uh, Florida State's favored by four and a half, five points. If you lose that game, I think the – and we'll talk about that in a few minutes. I think the wheels will come off this year for Florida State if they lose to South Florida. What do you think? Yeah, we uh, if we go ahead and, and we lose to USF, uh, which I mean, Jimbo's fourteen and one against schools from the state of Florida. Um, the only loss was two thousand twelve to Florida, two and zero against USF. If we lose this game to USF, the season's over. I mean, just pack it in. Uh, ooh, let's watch them against Clemson and Miami and Florida, just cause those are rivalry games now. But you know, I will say this: if we lose to USF. I will be much more free to enjoy more of what's going on, I guess. I don't know. I'm still rooting for everybody to lose. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know, you know, it's September, third week in September, or going on the fourth week, or whatever it is, and, and my season's over. So, you know, you can still play spoiler and everything, but when you go in with it, and I'm an Auburn guy, and, and I know nobody picked us to win the West or to compete in the SEC, but I did. You know, I expected us to play a lot better um, than that, you know, but it it just shows that uh, Auburn needs a quarterback. 
That's what it shows. It shows, and we'll talk about that tonight. I've got some information, some thoughts about what's going on in Auburn right now. I know you've heard the Art Bryles rumor. Maybe I'm going to address that for everybody. I'm going to address that for everybody, and, and I'm going to tell you what I think is going on inside of Auburn right now. And uh, I think if they have a good shot to beat LSU this weekend. But Sean White is named a starter. And that doesn't surprise me because being named starter in Gus Malzahn's offense doesn't mean anything. It doesn't even mean you're going to start. So <laughs> I'm not real worried about Sean White being named a starting quarterback, especially when Franklin the third is getting the first team reps right now. So the writing's on the wall. Sean White's days are numbered as Auburn's starting quarterback. And what have I been saying for two years, Jonathan, on this show? He cannot win against the big boys in the SEC. Have I not said that over and over and over again? Uh, yes, you have. It's always them. We cannot win these big games with Sean White at quarterback. No. no. When the more I watch film, the more I realize it's not him. It's not his fault. It's not he's a bad quarterback. It's just a bad system. It's like I wonder why he's even on scholarship at Auburn in that kind of offense. Maybe – He's there in case Malzahn gets fired and they bring in somebody else. I don't know. But but obviously, Franklin III's not ready. He hasn't been ready to take over just yet. Or Malzahn's ego is so big that he hates to say I was wrong. So that that could be it. We'll talk about those games this weekend. Not, a, not a, 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 as huge a weekend this weekend as last weekend, but there's some big games. And, and we can start. I mean, we can start with Florida, Tennessee. I think – to me, that's the biggest game of the weekend. Maybe not ranking-wise, but how the SEC is going to go, I think it's the most important game of the country. I agree. I think that is a a very important game uh, between two teams that, uh, honestly, uh, you know, this may decide who wins the SEC East, uh, looking at the way everything has shaped out so far. Uh, you know, I mean, as – Quincy Wilson for Florida said, "Ducks don't pull trucks, so we don't. We're not going to lose to Tennessee." I don't know what he's on, but I see this much right about now. If you're calling Tennessee a duck and you a truck, well, that truck better worry. Start worrying about breaking down because I think Tennessee's got a good shot this weekend. You know, you know, I hear all this stuff about how great Florida is, how great their defense is, and they played North Texas, Kentucky, and what's that other team they played? It sucked. FCS oh, uh, UMass. Yeah, I mean, okay, after those three games, you don't know how good Florida is. After Tennessee's three games, you really don't know how good they are. But I'm going to tell you this. You're going to see the real Tennessee Saturday, and, it, and I think it's the Tennessee that that runs the football with their quarterback more, and, and the offensive line is blocking downhill more, running the football. I think that's the Tennessee we're going to see. I know a lot of people are picking that upset. Florida's going to win. Florida's DB's guaranteeing a win. Hey, idiot, don't guarantee a win with a backup quarterback yet, okay? Let me tell you that Florida people are just – some of those Gator people are just so stupid sometimes. I mean, I know you'll agree with that, but I see some dumb Florida fans on message boards, and it's just its just hilarious to me how they think they're good right now, and they're, they're going to probably finish third in the East at best. And uh, Georgia, may, well, maybe second because the East is so bad that Georgia will probably finish, or Florida will probably finish second in there. Don't you agree? Because I think Georgia's pretty bad. I think Ole Miss is going to lay the wood to them. 
I anticipate, well, all right, so let me put it this way. I anticipate Ole Miss getting a big lead early just because they seem to be getting big leads mm-hmm. on everybody right now. Uh, I don't know if they can shut it down, uh, but luckily Georgia's offense is fairly one-dimensional. I don't care what anybody says. So Ole Miss doesn't have to worry really as much about the pass as they did against Florida State. Uh, you know, obviously they're going to have to stop the run, but it's more of a traditional running style with, uh, you know, running back behind an eye back, whereas Alabama was able to use a quarterback. So Ole Miss's defense I expect to have a, a good day. I agree. It's a different – even playing uh, Florida State, the way they can – athletes all over the field, and and it was, it was a redshirt sophomore they struggled against, a Florida State team wide open. But this Georgia team – and and it was like Auburn last year when they played Jacksonville State and won in overtime, and they, they looked like crap doing it. They beat Louisville. They, they, go, they go into the LSU game undefeated, and they get railroaded. And I think – that's what you're going to see at Georgia. I mean, the writing's on the wall. They've been flirting with disaster for three games in a row. If you've watched North Carolina, Nichols, and then last week against Missouri, they've been flirting with it, Jonathan, to lose. And now I think they get destroyed. I don't think it's a close game. I don't think it's anything close. I think Ole Miss is going to take out some fresh, you know, a lot of frustration on this team. You know they're pissed being one and two right now and having three touchdown leads in both of those games. So I think they're going to finally learn how to finish the game, and I think Georgia's in deep, deep trouble. Yeah, I agree. I think Georgia's going to be in some trouble this weekend. Uh, I I anticipate Ole Miss having a a really dominant performance, uh, at at least through three quarters, maybe fourth quarter, they let uh, some of the youngins come in and, uh, you know, just get some reps. Because I think Ole Miss is clearly the better team here. This is one of those games where I'm looking at it and going, Ole Miss is the better. I don't care what the rankings say. Ole Miss is the better team. Georgia has struggled every week. Uh, you know, even with the North Carolina game, it wasn't until the fourth quarter that they were able to really take that game. Uh, so I, I think, uh, you know, if you, you just looking at it objectively, I, I think Ole Miss wins. I think they cover the spread. Uh, you know, I really don't think this is a game that you're going to watch much of uh, in the second half. Yeah, and tonight's game, Clemson-Georgia Tech. Does the real Clemson show up? We'll talk about that. I think, yes, I think Clemson starts clicking tonight. But it's been a long, long time since Clemson's went on the road and, and uh, beaten Georgia Tech. But before we talk about all that, Jonathan, there's some, you know, my Panthers, I was thinking about going up to the game this weekend until – all these riots out here. So the game, the game I was looking at going to was the Vikings game. I was since I went to Auburn last weekend. I was thinking I was going to drive to Charlotte, but I, it's going to be hard to go because I may get killed. Um, so I may not go this weekend. What do you think about me watching the Panthers from home Sunday? And what do you think about these riots going on in Charlotte? I'm getting sick of this. Uh, well, uh, when the NFL actually has a meeting to discuss whether or not they're uh, going to have a game at a particular city or uh, venue. Uh, I always worry about that. Uh, that's never a good sign at all for anybody. Um, what do I think of the riots? Well, after the videos that, that I saw last night uh, and, and everything mm-hmm. else, there's a difference between protesting and rioting. And I'm, I, I believe in the right to protest. I don't believe in the right to riot. I don't believe in 
you know, one of the videos I saw, there was a, there was a uh, gentleman who was getting stomped out, actually got his pants ripped off of him, uh, which is weird. <laughs> um, there was another video where there's some little some little kid, I, yeah, and I, I'm calling him little just because he, he's scrawny, but, I mean, this kid's grown, uh, and he's kicking out windows of an apartment complex. Um, you know, I saw the pictures of the sporting goods store that was looted of, like, half its hornet stuff. You know, it, it, it's, it's – this whole thing is ridiculous. I don't condone anything that's going on in Charlotte right now outside of the peaceful protesting. And for anybody to say yeah. that uh, the, the shooting by the cop was uh, racially motivated – I hate to break it to you, but the cops have the same skin color as the guy he shot. So, uh, yeah. Uh, you know, it, it, this, this whole situation's a mess. I'm getting sick and tired of every time something like this happens, you have to riot. You know, rioting, I don't care if you want a championship. I don't care if you want a big game. I don't care uh, whatever the situation is. Rioting's not okay, y'all. There's nothing all right about rioting. Nothing, Nothing good about it. Man, it makes me angry when I see what I saw last night and I see people online supporting that, saying it's okay. It's not okay because if I'm driving through the roads and you're doing that, I'm shooting you. I mean, period. I don't care who you are. I mean, you get in my way. I, my my car and my truck weighs a lot more than you do, and when I put that gas down go about 60, we're going to have some bowling balls going around everywhere. We're going. I'm the bowling ball. You're the pins. That's what you're going to see. And uh, I, I just don't understand what they're doing to these cops. I mean, you saw tear gas. You saw crazy things happening. It's like these these guys are asking to be shot by the police. Well, you better be careful. You may get what you wish for. And you know what? If a cop opens fire doing that, they're in the right, if it's a riot like that, when you have looting. I mean, it's dangerous for these cops out there. And, I, and protest the way you, you want to and be heard in the way. If you protest in the right way, Jonathan, you will be heard. If you protest with violence like you're doing, you're just you're just making people stereotype. You're making people – I mean, it's, it's proven the, the point, really. Of I mean, this is crazy. How many of those people out there riding last night had a job, do you think? Oh, man, you know – and that that was one of the running jokes, if you will, I saw last night where it's like, oh, they they decided to bust open a footlocker and not a single pair of work boots was stolen. And you're like, ha, 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 ha. You know, I mean, it's funny. You know, I mean, what, what really got me was the young man who got shot during the rioting, and uh, he, was, he was shot by a rioter. And that's the worst part about it was somebody who was with your cause, if you will, you wound up shooting him, and uh, that, that young man's mother, from what I understand, reported that he's brain dead. Um, and that's just completely unacceptable. Uh, to you know, you're, I'm hearing gunshots are being fired, uh, cops are being attacked. I know about, uh, from what I heard, over 40 people were arrested, which needed to happen. That needed to happen. And, you know, and what it does, though, when you see this, it makes you, and I heard this today, and I completely understood it. When you see a riot like this, it makes you appreciate what Kaepernick did, because at least Kaepernick went about it in a, at least in a right way. I mean, we didn't agree with him sitting there on the anthem, no doubt about it, right? But 
after that, he talks to Nate Boyer, who not only played in the NFL, but is, well, is a green beret. I mean, he's ser- he served this country more than most people have. Um, and, and and Nate tells him, if you're going to do it, take a knee during the anthem. That's more respectful. Okay, cool. But he's, I'm going to donate a million, my first million this year to these charities. Wonderful. I'm going to do this. Everything, now he, he's, people don't like it because they don't think he's the right person. And if LeBron James or Dwayne Wade or, or uh, Cam Newton or somebody like that had done it, uh, well, maybe not Cam Newton because he tends to be a little more polarizing. But uh, let's say LaDainian Tomlinson, if he was still playing. Everybody liked him. Um, people would respect it, honor it, and say, hey, they're doing this right. Because of Kaepernick's situation is why he got so much backlash because it was like, hey, he's about to get cut. So I, I appreciate yeah. more what some of these athletes have done because – they're doing it the right way. Taking the knee is nothing that I really have a huge problem with because that's their right to do. Do I agree with it? No, but that's not that's not my point. You know what I mean? Here's here's all I say. Don't disrespect the flag. That's it. Don't don't disrespect the country. And and uh, look, I don't. I wish people would realize and unlike sports. It doesn't matter what color you are, what race. You're all the same out there. You're a player. You're part of a team. If people could take that to real life and do it and quit all this racial hate, mm-hmm. this world would be in a lot better place right now. I mean, you wouldn't have to be protesting. I mean, this is stupid to me because I I just don't see I guess I don't see through a racist eyes, and, and I don't see – I've never been – I'm not black, so I don't know how they feel – so you're stuck in the middle here, and you're just trying to figure out both sides. And I think, honestly, I think both sides are wrong the way they, the way they act. But I just wish that we could, you would keep it out of football. That's where I go to get away from the real world. You know, I go to the football games. I don't want to see you protesting something when you're making millions of dollars. Get that out of here. You know, if you go to work and protest something, guess what? You're fired. So I mean, it's it's just like the way it is. They're at work, right? That's what I have the problem with. But when you come and you start blocking traffic and when you start rioting, looting, and doing all this stuff, putting people in danger, you're a criminal. You're not a protester. You're a criminal. Glad to see these guys arrested. Hope they get some severe jail time for, for the way they're acting right here. There's a right way to do things and a wrong thing to, wrong way to do things. But I guarantee you this. I guarantee you if Martin Luther King was still alive today, he wouldn't be tolerating about what's going on in the streets in Charlotte last night. Uh, I mean, from from everything that I've heard and, and been taught about the way he went about um, the civil rights movement, I, I agree. I don't think he would have uh, at all condoned what happened last night. Um, and, and I'm with you, man. I mean, you, you blocked the highway on something like this. You know, I saw a video last night of a guy who's driving his car, and I don't know where he's going. For all we know, he's going home, and the road's completely blocked. And he's and he's doing the whole look. Y'all need to move. I, I gotta go. And finally, he just he, all of a sudden you look at the window, and he's got a handgun sitting on the side of the car, like, no, really, y'all gotta get out of my way. And I was like, yo, that's not a bad way of going about it. And you saw people starting to get a little antsy, and he hopped out the car with it, like, hey. Y'all need to just back off and let me go where I need to be. Because one of the things I've heard is, what if there's an ambulance coming? Are they going to block the road so an ambulance can't get through? 
Because if that happens, I mean, no way, you know, if somebody dies because you block an ambulance from getting through, we got huge problems. So, no, I mean. Yeah, I'd run over him. Yeah. I'd run I, over yeah, him if I was an ambulance driver. I would. I, you know, I saw the, the military Humvee out there, and uh, <laughs> when I saw that, I'm like, you know whoever is driving that is just sitting there thinking, let's turn this into GTA really quick and just start knocking people off. How many points can I get for everybody I hit? Uh, so I, I think, uh, you know, I, I just think this needs to be, this needs to be stopped because this, when you're in a state of emergency, it's gone way, 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 way too far, y'all. Come on now. Let's, let's stop. Look, man, we're all one race. Let's stop this whole we're all di- no, we're all one race. Are we different cultures? Yeah, of course we're different cultures. But we're all one race. We're all human. All right. So if we have cultural differences, that's gonna happen. But let's not try it and magnify these differences and divide everybody. We need to just we need to go ahead and just unite. If we all don't come together at one, we're all just gonna destroy each other and in a hundred years ain't gonna be nothing left. That's the last thing any of us need or want. Yeah, with this election coming up, it's going to be interesting to see if Donald Trump wins, what happens. I mean, like, if Hillary wins, what happens. So if, this could be interesting. It's funny, I was gonna, the only politics I was going to talk tonight is comparing it to Monday Night Football. So who plays Monday Night Football this weekend, Jonathan? You know, is it the Saints and the Falcons? Uh, it is. It is the Saints and the Falcons. All right, so that night, the Saints and the Falcons are playing. You have the first presidential debate. Um, I think, <laughs> call me crazy, call me crazy, I think this debate will have more viewers than Monday Night Football. Would you like to bet me on that? Uh, ooh. Ooh. <laughs> Go, going off of, well, actually, if you think about it, going off a of historical pre- uh, precedent, um, They've done a good job of not having debates during Monday Night Football, uh, especially the Republicans have pushed that because, you know, whether people want to admit it or not, more Republicans watch football than Democrats. Um, you know, and I know that was something that Trump was actually fighting for a little bit was the day of the debate. That, ooh. Now, see, I'm not willing to take that bet because if that game is a blowout all of a sudden, you know everybody's going to flip over. Well, I'm going to watch the presidential debate before I watch the football. I mean, you know how much I love football. You know how much I love sports. But I think they're doing this to hurt Donald Trump. I think that's what they're doing because it's like a race. If, you know, if you want to, if someone's closing in on you in a race, what do you want to do? You want to slow them down. You want to shorten the race a little bit so they don't have time to catch up with you. And I think that's doing it by scheduling this. I think they're trying to hurt Donald Trump. I think it's only going to make him stronger, to be honest with you. But, but it's compared to the NFL. The NFL this year, meetings have been down 10 15% from last year. Other sports have college football is on the rise. And, and politics, Trump and Clinton are so politically, this, this nasty election we're going through, this process, on Sunday, I think people watch politics. They watch Fox. They watch – yeah, they do tune some NFL sometimes, but there's got to be a reason – Football. That's a, that's a big number, and and I don't think it's because of Kaepernick. I don't think it has anything to do with it. I think it has to do with this election going on and politicians are work Saturday. I was listening to Colin Coward about that. Politicians are off work Saturday. They don't do anything, but Sunday they're doing their press conferences and things like that. 
I just think people are interested in it. And the more people come out for each side, that's what's going to win, you know. I know that sounds stupid, but if more Republicans come out, that's that's what this election is about, getting the most people out to vote. And I think, you know, Donald Trump knows that. That's why he's pissed off at the uh, at their friend Adam tonight against the football game. But little does he know they're going to have more viewers that elect for this debate than they will the Monday night football game. Because nobody cares about the Falcons and nobody sure cares about the Saints. Okay. Now, if this was, if this was Cam versus Aaron Rodgers or something, yeah, you know, if it was something like that, we, 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 I, I don't know if I'd make that bet with you, but I'm going to make that bet with you right now. But let's, let's talk some NFL football tonight. The Patriots, I mean, Garoppolo, Candy's out. He's going to sit the bench because he's not man enough to get out there and play. So, New England line went from underdog one to favored one with Brissett, as you corrected me the other night. Um, will be playing is for starting his first game. And who do you like in this game? I'm going to take I'm going to take New England in this game because the Patriots defense is looking good right now, and I just think you could put anybody as quarterback in New England and. Belichick's going to find a way to win. It's not like Houston's just got a great quarterback and a great system. Yeah, they have a good defense and everything, but being in New England, I'm not sure how good Houston can play on the road in a night game. Well, my, my thing with this is as much as I like uh, Jacoby in college, and um, I think he uh, he might be – you know, seeing the way Wentz is playing, I'm not willing to call him the second-best quarterback in the draft no more, but I think he's definitely one of the better quarterbacks. He might be a better quarterback than number one overall pick. Um, but this is his first start. It's a game where the Patriots, you know, I mean, we, we've talked about it where it's like, hey, you know, we're, we won the first two games without Tom. You know, do we really need this? It's a short week. Their defense showed some holes against the Dolphins, though. There's no doubt about that. As well as that defense has played this year, they showed some serious holes in that second half against Miami, uh, things that uh, I didn't expect to see. Um, I think Houston is going to shut down the run, which is going to make Jacoby throw the ball. And I think Houston wins a low-scoring, hard-fought game uh, just because I trust Osweiler to be able to air the ball out a little more than I do Jacoby. Hey, what about those Vikings uh, Sunday night, Jonathan? What did you think about that? <laughs> what did you think about the Patriots uh, Sunday afternoon? Uh, yeah. I didn't watch that too much. <laughs> well, let, 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 me, let me just say, I watched that Minnesota-Green Bay game, uh, of course. I got two things I came away with. A, whoever, uh, uh, whoever drafted a receiver before Stephon Diggs, really – I mean, I get it. He played at Maryland, but we knew the kid was good. If you watch college football, we all knew Stephon Diggs was good. There's no way Minnesota should have uh, gotten him in the fifth round. That's a, that's a joke. Second, Mike McCarthy needs to be fired. I mean, my this is no, yeah, everybody's like, oh, the offense will be fixed. Uh, Jordy Nelson's back. They'll figure it out. No. No, they haven't. Uh, I think this is an actual problem with the coaching staff. I think the I think McCarthy's going to get a couple extra years uh, because they won the Super Bowl and because Green Bay. I don't think Green Bay's actually ever fired a coach. Um, so I think honestly, McCarthy's going to hang around way too long, but he needs to get 
there, he ain't right. That decision to go for it on fourth and one uh, when you when uh, they shouldn't because if they kick the field goal there, it's tied. And all honesty, everybody watching the game said you kick the field goal there, take the points. You're having a hard enough time scoring as is. If you can get them, take them. So I, I, mm, no, no, mm-mm. Mike McCarthy, no, mm-mm, no, you get a negative rating, buddy. Yeah, that's a draw with uh, with them right now in Green Bay. They're just not. They're not playing the way I'm used to seeing Aaron Rodgers play, and it's Minnesota's now. I think they're in some deep trouble, to be honest with you. Now they lost Adrian Peterson and Sam Bradford. Yeah, I think he's a decent fill-in, you know, for Bridgewater with Adrian Peterson on the field. You know, we talked about that. I didn't know Adrian AP was going out. For, how long is he going to be out? This could be for an extended period of time. I know it's at least a month. Right. Well, I heard numbers from a month to six months. Um, it just depends. I mean, he's he's you know this is somebody who rehabs really well. We saw it with the uh, the ACL. Um, but I, this this is a this is not a fun injury. You know, I, I've had meniscus issues. I'm still dealing with one. It's not fun. Um, and it's going to be all about how the rehab really goes here. I think Minnesota's in some trouble. Uh, if you're running out Matt Asiata, uh, and I cannot remember the other running back's name off the top of my head, to um, to take care of business for you. Because I don't think, you know, as we saw in that game, Bradford can't win, you know, they scored 17 points. Bradford can't win this game by themselves. That defense can't hold everybody to under 17 points every game, even though the Broncos defense did that last year. But, yeah, it's, that's so rare. Here's your... Here's your good five-team parlay college this weekend just to interrupt the NFL. Wisconsin plus five against Michigan State. Mississippi minus seven against um, Georgia. Florida State minus six against South Florida. Tennessee minus six and a half against Florida. And Auburn plus three and a half against LSU. Take it to the bank, people. Take it. Run with it. You know how I like those mm-hmm. five team parlays. I just had to. I just had to throw that out there. I love those five. <laughs> I love me some five team pars. I love me some five team pars, baby. Because you know those bookies buttholes draw up when they see you hit that fourth one. They like, oh god, they're trying to call you. Hey, I'll buy you out right now for two hundred bucks. No, no, thank you. I'd like to win the full five hundred. Don't worry about it. So anyway, I just want to throw that out there. Well. Uh, you know, Green Bay, Minnesota, the bad thing about Minnesota is they have to come to Carolina. And this is a Carolina team last week, Jonathan, that turned the ball over four times. And still, what, they put up, like 40 points on San Francisco, blew them out. That's turning the ball mm-hmm. over. Yes, they lost John. Yes, they lost Jonathan Stewart. But it hurts Minnesota more because Cam Newton can run the football and they've got Cameron Artis Payne is going to be up, and I can't even think of the guy slipping my mind. What's the big fat guy's name at bowl, like the bowling ball? What's his name for Carolina? Oh, uh, Mike Tolbert. Yes, I mean they're not gonna they're not gonna miss a beat. I don't think as much because I think they become a little more explosive, and because Cam Newton's going to run the ball a little bit more. Right now, you know, he had a safety net, Jonathan Stewart. But I think Cam rolls out more, maybe takes off a couple more times. But I think Cameron Artis Payne's a fantasy guy you need to look out for. But this game's a seven-point favorite right now in Carolina. I know Minnesota has a good defense. 
I don't see Minnesota being able to score on Carolina. What do you think about that game? I think the seven is a safe play. It, it's dropped from seven and a half to seven. If it drops, if it especially drops to six and a half, you got to get all over that. Yeah, I like Carolina this week as well. I think they're going to do. Um, I think they're going to do uh, darn good offensively. Um, oh, we'll do enough, if you will, to uh, to get this one, and then. Um, Defensively, I think they're going to be able to shut shut down uh, Minnesota. Bradford might, you know, make a couple throws of digs here and there, but you know, I, I honestly, without a running game, I, I don't think Minnesota's going to be able to hang around too long. Uh, I, I got Carolina winning this something like twenty-four to ten. Uh, yeah, I think Carolina will get up in the thirties. I just think. I mean, that shows you. Last week, they've turned the ball over four times and still put up forty. I think so. I know Minnesota's a good defense, but it's kind of like when you've been on that field all game in that fourth quarter, that's when the big plays start happening. I can't wait to see Cam hit your boy Watson um, up top, or Kevin Benjamin, I meant, up top for some big plays against this defense. Minnesota started 2-0, and 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 you may be right about them now. You, you didn't think they were a playoff team, and now you definitely don't, right? Yeah, I mean, I still see them finishing uh, right around 8-8 uh, eight and eight just because of the way their schedule sets up and how some of the teams they're playing just really aren't that good, um, as we've seen. Uh, hello, Detroit and Chicago. Um, but, I, uh, I, you know, I don't think that they're going to – I think they're going to be on the outside looking in the playoffs. They're going to draft probably somewhere between 10 and 17. Where in the world's Quinn at tonight? I mean, that Monday night fiasco with Jay Cutler. I mean, my God, how bad are the Bears? And and look at them now. They have to go to Dallas and play Prescott. They're going to get their eyes beat out. I mean, where's Quinn? You know, I know he was so upset last weekend. His Auburn Tigers lost. Didn't Notre Dame get beat? And then his his Bears lose. It's It's a bad weekend for Quinn. I mean, not only the Bears lose, they got humiliated at home on Monday night by a, a quarterback that's playing his first season. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I've told everybody for years, Jay Cutler sucks, and you think they'll start believing me now and believing us when we tell, we say he's out. He's out. Cutler's out of the game against Dallas. It'll be Brian Hoyer will be there, and uh, I wish Sonny was here. He loves Brian Hoyer. He loves him some Brian Hoyer. Best quarterback in the Browns history since 1999. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, the Bears, we won't even talk about the Bears. We won't waste time on Chicago or Cleveland on the show. We don't talk about teams that, that suck, can continue to suck. We we lose it. Uh, interesting game in the NFL, Cincinnati-Denver. That game in Cincinnati, um, Denver's a little bit better than I thought. You know, I think, I mean, they're 2-0. and That's they're close to about the win total I gave them for the year. But going to Cincinnati, I just think defense travels, Jonathan. And the way that defense plays, I don't know if they can keep it up every week, but I think they can keep it up against the big teams. The smaller teams, What if you're a Denver fan, you have to worry about because those guys won't be up. But Denver's going to be up for Cincinnati. And I think they bring – they bring some hell on Andy Dalton. He'll be lucky to make it out of the game alive. And I like Denver to win as an underdog in Cincinnati. Sorry. I had to go there. 
I, I think it's going to be a, a, an excellent game. Um, I, I really do. Um, I like what uh, what both teams have shown this year. Um, I think they're both really, really, really good teams. But I'm with you. I think that the de- the defense of Denver will uh, will decide this game. Um, and I think I, I do believe they can go ahead and pull one out this week. You know, the Colts had a chance the other day until uh, Von Miller decided to get serious. I mean, <laughs> he he is a complete game changer, man. And and Andrew Luck's lucky to make it out of that game alive. And I mean, here we are, zero and two. The Indianapolis Colts now are they zero? Are they zero and two? Is that right? Yeah, they are. They've lost two games. Yeah. Uh, I mean, now they got to play San Diego, and with that offensive line they have, they're a, they're a slight home favorite against San Diego. But this is a 4:25 Eastern kickoff. Um, I think that that bodes well for San Diego going on the road. I like San Diego to pull the upset. It's not going to be an upset in my mind, Jonathan, but I think they their defensive line will get to Andrew Luck. I think there'll be some points scored in the game, but I think at the end of the day the Chargers win. Yeah, I definitely can see a lot of points being scored in this game. Uh, just from the standpoint, I don't think either defense is that good. Um, San Diego has an advantage in the running game. Indianapolis has the advantage in the passing game. So I, I think you're going to have some some fun there. Uh, I'm going to take the Colts just because they're at home. They need okay. this win really bad. Yeah, if they start 0-3, I mean, where do you go from there? I mean, it's hard to come back because – Good Lord. Especially if Houston wins tonight. Houston beats New England and the Colts lose. All of a sudden, they're a couple games back already. And it's just hard to make up a lot of ground. Houston lost last week, if I remember correctly. Did they win or lose? They, they uh, won, Houston's 2-0. and Okay. Yeah, if, they, if Houston somehow finds a way to beat New England, and then you're projecting that, and the Colts lose, and they start out 0 and 3. You got a, you're three games back in your own division. You're done. You're not coming back because Houston's not the type of team to collapse like that. So, and you may ride on that one. Um, how about the Jets right now? Three point dog at Kansas City. It's just hard to bet against Kansas City in the regular season, and it's, it's hard because Alex Smith always shows up, and Andy Reid. Real quick, who do you like in that game? I like Kansas City. They're at home, and I think they're the better team. All right, here's the here's the Seattle Seahawks are favored nine over San Francisco, and I don't think Seattle scored nine in the last two games. So here's a must win for Seattle. They're they're one and one right now, and I'm telling you, if they lose this game, I think the wheels could come off because there's two division games in a row. They they didn't score a touchdown against the Rams. Okay, we're talking about the Rams here, right now. And now they're home against the Forty ers I think they win, but I still think they look ugly in this game. San Francisco is a little better than people thought as well. Um, they were within seven of Carolina, yet they turned the ball over several times to get them back in the game. But they were on the road. I mean, I think Seattle wins this game. 
obviously it's a very important home game for them at this point uh, with uh, everything that happened last week uh, and how much they really struggled on offense in week one. This this offense has had a really hard time getting off the ground. Uh, so, you know, and I know a lot of it they're attributing to the offensive line, but, you know, I, it's what happens when you trade your starting center for Jimmy Graham, y'all. I mean, but let's let's just be honest for a second. Um, so looking at, looking ahead to this, I think Seattle wins, but I, I don't think they cover the spread. I think nine is just too big of a number. San Francisco's going to hang around a while. Uh, you know, guy, Navarro Bowman will you know back this defense all the way. I'm pretty sure he'll come up with a turnover or two, and you know Seattle wins a low scoring uh, slugfest. Yeah, it's just hard for me to give nine up right now with their offensive struggles. So, and and what are the the Buffalo Bills going to do if Rams Ryan starts out with a three? They're going to lose theirs. I think going to be this weekend. Buffalo. I mean, is it time to get rid of him already? I mean, he's not a good head coach. Yeah, that those couple of good years in New York, but that was it. This guy does nothing. He's like a Fisher at the Rams. He still has a job. For why? Why do you have Rex Ryan as a head coach in the NFL right now? So, so number one, who wins? Number two, how long is Andy Reid going to last starting out 0-3? Or not Andy uh, Reid, uh, Rex Ryan. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, they fired their offensive coordinator in a really shady way, to be completely honest. So they took the team photo uh, with him and then fired him right afterwards. I mean, come on, guys. And apparently <laughs> ownership fired the offensive coordinator of all people which is never a good sign. Um, you know, if the Bills lose, like I expect them to lose this weekend. I, I, I think, A, you eliminate them from playoff contention, which ownership said is a must. They have to make the playoffs this year. And I don't know how many 0-3 teams have made the playoffs. I know it's a minuscule number because uh, I think only like 12% of teams that started 0-2 have made the playoffs. Um so, I mean, net-net, at the end of the day, they start 0-3. I think Rex, heads roll, Rex head will roll before week six. Yeah, and think about this. Patriots win tonight just a 3-0. and You're supposed to be up against New England while Brady's out. But yet, when he comes back, you may be three or four games out. I mean, that's, it's over. Once Brady gets back to England... What are you going to do, people? He pissed off. He's going to come out and throw all over people. There's no the only team that can beat the Patriots in the AFC is Pittsburgh. That's it. That's it. There's nobody else that can hold their jock strap right now. So if you're Buffalo, fire him immediately after this game to send a message. Go look for a good head coach because Rex Ryan cannot win games. I'm sorry. He's a joke. I'm looking in the studio right now seeing if Quinn's in yet, but no Quinn, but we don't want to talk about the Bears anymore. Anyway, we wasted 30 seconds on them. Okay, that's a lot of time to watch something that means nothing. Well, your Tampa Bay Bucks. I'll leave it at this with the NFL. Your Tampa Bay Bucks at home. The Rams are coming in. The Rams, yeah, they played good at home the other day. They travel all the way across the country, and they that defense is good, but so is. Tampa's offense. I like Jameis Winston to get it done on the Rams, send them back home at one and two, and the Bucks will be two and one, sitting right there with Carolina, I think, at the top of the division. Look, uh, if the Bucks don't beat the Rams, the season's over. Uh, that might sound like an overreaction, but it really ain't, because if you can't beat the Rams at home, 
for I think it'd be a second year in a row. Um, then, I mean, we got issues that we need to talk about. That offense can't get going, uh, and if that defense is giving up points to a team that hasn't scored a touchdown yeah, yet, I mean, they I, I mean, they have three field goals through the eight quarters. I mean, come on, man. Uh, so if the Bucks lose that game. <laughs> Um, I'm, I'm, I'm phoning it and suck for whatever. I don't care. Just give me the top pick in the draft and let's move on. Yeah, if you lose a team that hasn't scored a touchdown in eight quarters at home, you're probably not a playoff team, right? So Carolina, you, you're you're willing to surrender uh, that division to Carolina if they lose this one, right? Well. I kind of already surrendered to the division to Carolina, but yeah, we lose this game. I'm, I'm surrendering everything. I'm, I'm, I'm openly telling the team since they've already won a game to tank. Um, that way, we can just go ahead and, and get this whole process over with. Well, two games, real quick. I mean, this is an interesting game because Philadelphia looks great right now. But guess what? Big Ben rolls into Philadelphia. Uh, Three-and-a-half favorite, I'll, t- I'll lay the three-and-a-half and feel pretty good about it. Yeah, I- I'm with you on that. I think uh, Pittsburgh uh, sh- welcomes Carson Wentz to the NFL. And what do you think about the Falcons and Saints? Is this an elimination game, really? I mean, I know it's early, but uh, both of these teams suck and suck royally. There's two – Two good teams in the in this division. There's two bad teams, and these two teams are bad. They're playing right here on Monday Night Football. I'm going to go with the Dirty Birds in this one. I'm going to go with the Falcons with an upset on the road. Because, and I think the Saints, they're done. I mean, that's the one team you're going to ride off early in this division. The Falcons will hang around about halfway through the season, and they'll, they'll tank after that. But I think they're they're good enough to beat New Orleans on the road. Well, let me put it to you this way. Before the season, I had these teams combining to win less than 10 games. Uh, so, yeah, I, I think the only the, – the, the, the loser of this game will win because they'll have, that, they'll have the higher draft pick. That's how I'm looking at this. So, uh, I'm taking the same because they're loser at home. Town. Oh, my goodness. Loser leave Sean, town. Sean, you know, if, Sean, if Sean Payton lost it, since he had, took, had to take that year off of the suspension, he, and now he's come back, I don't think this is the same Sean Payton that, that led his team to the Super Bowl. I think Sean Payton's done. And I, honestly, really, the Saints need to think about getting a new head. I know there was rumblings last year, but I really do believe they need to go ahead and get a new head coach and just start fresh. See, I'm I'm right against you on that. I think he needs a new team. I think I think it they hurt him in a way. I think he's just been damaged by the Saints and. And I just think being there maybe brings up bad memories. Put him somewhere else. I mean, I would rather have him as a head coach than Rex Ryan, wouldn't you? I mean, seriously. I'm not saying that to be funny. I mean, the guy can coach football. But, yes, ever since that happened, he's went off the deep end. But I think it's in New Orleans. I think it's just that place, that that nasty, sinful city of New Orleans that he lives in there. I don't know. But. Anyway, enough about the NFL. <laughs> enough about the NFL, man. Enough. I've had enough about it. But, yeah, you're right. I mean, he, he's off the deep end right now. He's sucked ever since. What's his win-loss record, do you think, since he since that? He's won about five games and lost the rest of them. I mean, it's terrible. It's, 
it definitely feels that way. It re- it it really does. I don't have the exact numbers in front of me, but I'm willing to bet he's below 500 uh, since that suspension. Well, let's talk some college football, if you will. If you want to call in six four six seven one six five five six four. Jason Humphrey was talking about his boy Mike Helfrich the other day. Is he only hot seat, Jonathan? And I, and I said yes, and just picking around with him. But I said he never should have been hired anyway. But Helfrich at Oregon, Jason thinks he's going to win eight or nine games. What do you think, real quick? Look, I think Mark Helfrich is in, is in some trouble. Uh, you know, there's some legitimate rumblings right now about how the school's a little disenchanted with him. You know, he got the job because, well, he was Chip Kelly's right-hand man, essentially. Um, and now that Scott Frost is gone, I mean, we're seeing some legitimate issues with this Oregon team. Yeah, they, they suffered a bunch of injuries. There's no doubt about that. Um especially this past week where they lost, I believe it was their left, tack, their left tackle and their top receiver for the year. But this team, man, there, there, there are some real issues that I think directly are from the head coach. Well, here's some rumbling going on in the background. That has to be Sonny Clark. Hey, what's up? I'm, unfortunately, I'm Bluetooth, so I might not be sounding good. I do apologize for that. I am just listening if it's too loud, okay? That's pretty loud, but but uh, yeah, it's, it, it sounds better. It sounds like there's a car in the background going. I'm in a car. That's why. <laughs> well, I'm talking about cars going by you. Yeah, we can't hear. Ah. I'm gonna I'm gonna mute you for a second and bring you back on. That was pretty bad, Jonathan. Sonny, you know I love you. I'd let you talk all night, but <laughs> that was bad. So I'm gonna give you. A, was it bad, Jonathan? Was it bad? Was it bad? Like you say. It, it, it was bad, okay. Well, Sonny, I'll be back with you in a minute and bring you in and give you a chance to – you're on the highway to hell or something. I don't know where you are, but somewhere in Texas where the roads are bumpy and the traffic's bad. That's where Sonny is right now. Up there in Rowlett. I wanted Sonny to take on Brian Hoyer, for God's sake. Let me get him on here and see if it sounds better. Sonny, Brian Hoyer starting in the NFL again. Again, where? I missed this one. Oh, holy cow, where? <laughs> you didn't know? Are you, you're you're messing with me, right? Chicago, right, Jonathan? Oh, good. I'm That's starting right. Hey, man, he's an upgrade over Jake Cutler. Be nice. Uh, maybe you might be correct in, in that assumption uh, because there has been some awesome oh, bad play coming from Jay Cutler um, out on the football field. And, you know, they don't even have a chance, you know, coming this upcoming week. It's sad. But, you know, it, it is the Bears. It is as bad as I said. I told everybody at the beginning of the year, everybody thought I was nuts. This this Bears football team is in so much trouble. They might win two games here this year, maybe, maybe three. Um, but the fact they lose their number one quarterback, that being Jay Cutler, even though he sucked, maybe Brian Hoyer is an upgrade. Who knows? But it's it's all bad anyway. Sonny, how bad are the Bears, though? I mean, I hate it for Cuervo and, and uh, Quinn on this show, but we, we talked about it before the season, how bad the Bears were going to be, and they haven't disappointed. 
no, no, they've they've kept it right on right on uh, pace of what I thought they were going to do. And the and the main thing is when you look at the Bears and they're not get any they're not get any pressure on the defense. The offense has been really really horrible. The offensive line really in reality. Uh, but you know more than the fact they're not getting to the quarterback defensively either. So that's one of the that's one of the real problems with the Bears and what they're doing. The Bears, the Bears. The well, what, Bears. Do you, what do you think about those protests? Of, those protests in Charlotte right now. Sonny, give me your take on it real quick. Well, my take is horrible on it, and I'm going to tell you the reason why. I think it's Shannon Sharp's fault. Um, if if you go and you see Shannon Sharp, he's talking on that new show with Skip Bayless. Um, he basically, and you got to just go find it when they're first talking about this whole thing. Um, where he stopped and said, hey, we want to protest. We're going to do it peaceful. But if you don't listen, we're going to get your attention. And that's what, And then he started mentioning Baltimore. He started mentioning uh, back in the 60s in Watts and over um, a couple other places that had the riots going on. And, and it seemed like to me that he was encouraging it if they didn't get what they wanted. Now, you got to understand, and I know what happened in, in, in North Carolina. I get it. I completely understand. The only thing that I disagree on when you take a look at if they want the change to happen, it's not going to happen in three weeks because of – you know, Colin Kaepernick making it an issue. Now he made an issue, and I gotta take my I gotta take my words back a little bit. He's made it an issue. We're still talking about it three weeks uh, later. So he's done something. That having been said, the nor the norm out there is that kind of change is not going to happen in three weeks. So they they've got to stop. And and Shannon Sharp should not give anybody an excuse to riot for any reason whatsoever. And if you go should, and watch the thing I'm talking about, yeah, it, it, it was horrible. It was horrible commentary. Yep, it was horrible commentary. It was irresponsible, and it gave everybody an opportunity. Well, Shannon Sharp says that maybe we should go ahead and do it this way. You know, it's ridiculous. And as much pull, you know, I don't know how much pull Shannon Sharp has, but I'm already telling you, I've spoken to many people that remember exactly what I'm talking about, what he said on that show with Skip Baylor. So, uh, uh, so it, it is what it is. Well, I'm going to go back and listen to it, and Sonny, I'm going to mute you right quick. Uh, I think Sonny's in Sons of Anarchy over there, something, a motorcycle gang or something. That's what he sounded like. But <laughs> I, I heard him I heard him loud and clear, but I did hear mm-hmm. something about Shannon Sharp, Jonathan, but how does he get to get on uh, ESPN or whatever and talk like this, and then if somebody else did it, they'd be fired? So why is he allowing – this kind of speech to go on on a sports platform. Well, Shannon Sharp works for Fox uh, Fox Sports, and oh, Fox sorry, Sports. Fox. Yeah, it doesn't really. You know, we. I I, I don't know if ESPN would. Yeah, I don't it's know if ESPN would have punished him to be honest. So, um, but looking at it, um, he's on Fox Sports, and Fox Sports' biggest thing right now is they want. Uh, eyeballs and they want people who are going to listen and pay attention and that's why they brought in Skip Bayless. They want people whose opinions are uh, inflammatory and catch your eye. 
So he's going to be allowed to keep his job and do whatever just because that is what the company as a whole wants because if that happens, they, they anticipate that ratings will spike. Yeah, and Sonny, uh, text me or whatever. Send me a Facebook message when you get to a position where, where it's not as noisy. I just didn't want to leave you out. I wanted your opinion on that, but uh, I know you're driving, and thank you for tuning in and listening. Jason, thank you for being in there right now. So let's get back to college football. There's a big game on the plains this weekend in Auburn and LSU Auburn. It's a big rival game and it's it's always the home team has the advantage. Auburn's at home right now. Let's look at the stats. Auburn's averaging twenty six point seven a game, LSU twenty three. Auburn's averaging four hundred and fifty five yards a game. I can't even imagine that, but they are. L S U three forty. Auburn's 194 through the air, 261 rushing. LSU's 157 through the air, 182 rushing. I think this is a great matchup for Auburn, Jonathan, for LSU coming in here unsettled at the quarterback position. Auburn has played two very tough teams and kind of learning from their mistakes. And uh, there's something else I'm going to say, but does this matchup favor Auburn with their defense being the strength of this team? They're not worried about, playing somebody like A&M with a dual-threat quarterback and Trevor Knight and some big, huge receivers and two freak pass rushers. I think the A&M-Auburn game was a slight mismatch, and I think that's where Auburn struggled a lot. But I think this weekend, I think Auburn's going to come out, and they have to. They have to win, or Gus is gone, Jonathan. Yeah, I mean, this is a huge game for Auburn. Uh, if they start the year one and three, like, you know, in all honesty, a lot of people expected. Uh, I, I have to imagine Gus's head is rolling here. If I'm not mistaken, Auburn has fired like their last eight head coaches. Uh, I heard that stat last night, which is mind blowing to me. And then you sit back and think about it, you're like, oh, wow. And, and and hold on, I think it's a mistake. First of all, if they do fire Gus Malzahn, just you heard it here first. I think it's a mistake. I'm not I'm not like these Auburn fans that want to fire a coach every time we lose the game. You know, I, I see the big picture. And, and you go back and look at all these teams firing coaches, it takes a while to rebound. It takes a while to get back to get back going again. And I just I look at this game, and I think if Les Miles loses this game, he's going faster. He's gonna, he may be going during the middle of the season, but I think it's just a matter of time for LSU. They're not a very good team. If they beat Auburn, it doesn't mean they're a very good team right now. But – if they barely skate past Auburn, and then they're going to start losing big in some of these conference games. But if Auburn beats Les Miles right now, LSU fans are going to implode. I mean, it's, it's over. I mean, Les Miles maybe walked out of his office. So he may be left in Auburn like they did Kiff and left him at the airport. They may leave, leave uh, Les Miles <laughs> in Auburn and tell him just to, just to stay there. But uh, anyway, I've got some news, and – Talking to some people, or just not really talking, but looking at stuff, I've noticed Gus Malzahn, if you go back to A&M last year, they won that game. That was the first game Gus Malzahn started doing play calling again. He took over the play calling from Rhett Lashley. But if you watch this year, he's taken it over as well this whole year. And Jonathan, call me crazy, but I think the problem, there's a chemistry issue, and I think Gus Malzahn is causing the problems by his play calling. I think Rhett Lashley should be calling the plays, and I think if they win this weekend, if Auburn wins, Rhett Lashley is the reason. I don't think he's a great coach, but I think there's some 
you know what I mean? Some micromanagement there, some things, some trust issues, and I think that's the reason for Auburn struggles too. No, I mean, let's look at this. Auburn against Clemson scored 13 points. We all know they should have scored more. Uh, there there was just some really inexcusable turnovers. Uh, they scored 16 against A&M. And people are like, well, you know, A&M's got a good defense. It's like, mm-mm, we don't, we don't really know that yet. They they played Auburn. Uh, so, you know, I, I, you know the, I take away the offensive explosion against Arkansas State, who is still Arkansas State. Um, and who Toledo, like, just trashed. So I don't know how much I'm supposed to take that into account. And Utah uh, State. And Utah State. Yeah, it's like Arkansas State hasn't looked that good. So what we've seen is the one game that Auburn's offense looked good was against a very bad defense. So I, uh, I do – I'm with you. You know, I, I think maybe he should relinquish play calling duties. Uh, just, you know – from the standpoint, it's not working. And if it's not working, you need to do something to fix it. You need to change. You know, it, it's a conversation that we've had uh, in Tallahassee with the defense, and it's the same conversation that LSU had with the offense, and they went and got an offensive coordinator and Cam Cameron hasn't really fixed anything. But, uh, you know, I, 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 I'm with you, though. I think if LSU loses this game, no matter what way they lose it, uh, less miles might get left in Auburn. Uh, which would probably be good. He might mm-hmm. actually get the head coaching job then. Uh, but well, if well. Auburn loses, if Auburn gets blown out, Malzahn, I think, is gone. If Auburn loses a close yeah. game, he's going to get three, at least three more weeks. Cause then, then it's Monroe, it's Mississippi State, a bye week, and then you hit Arkansas Ole Miss back-to-back. Uh, that's uh, uh, Malzahn's face until those two games. And I don't. And here's the deal: you got to go back in in the past. And boosters give a lot of money, right? They they control Auburn. It's not the president. It's not Jay Jacobs. It's it's the guys that give the millions of dollars a year. They control it. And if, and, and I'm an Auburn homer in a way, you could say. I mean, I, I like to see the glass half full. But if you'd have told me before the season that Auburn would be one and three after these first four games, I would have laughed at you and said, guys, they're not going to lose three home games, I'm telling you. Now, if you told me two and two, I could have bought that a little bit more. But to be two and two, if they beat LSU, it's still a big disappointment for the first four games that they played. But I think, you know, you beat LSU, okay, you play Louisiana Monroe at home, you're three and two. You go to Starkville, anybody can win there right now. You're four and two. You get a bye week. You host Arkansas. You get a home game again. All of a sudden, you win that when you're five and two heading into Ole Miss with one loss in the conference. So, the season's not over for Auburn if they can just find a way to win Saturday. A and M was a big game, but it it wasn't the must win. This is the must win because they lost to Texas A and M. And I'm saying this even had they beat Clemson, this is a must win right now because Gus Malzahn hasn't won a home game against an SEC team since 2014 when he beat South Carolina. Does that shock you? I mean, that's a long time. It's been a long time since I've been to Jordan Air Stadium and walked away feeling good with a win. And I you mean, have to win your home games. Of course. And, you know, it, that number should shock me, but it doesn't anymore because, I mean, it's just been hitting me over the head for the past couple of weeks. Um, I mean, that's a huge issue. I, I, you know, 
and the way I look at it this way, if you told me Four State hadn't won a home ACC game since 2014, Jimbo Fisher was fired last year. Uh, if you went to if you went to Florida and told them that McElwain's fired, uh, you know, any the other schools, it's he's gone. We're not giving him a chance to let this streak get into double digits. Um, so I think Gus is getting a little more leeway than anticipated. But you're right, you now the boosters control a lot at that school. And you know, what's the one thing Nick Saban did when he went to Alabama? He told the boosters, "This is my team. This is my program. Y'all gonna deal with it. I don't care if you like it or not. I don't care. I don't need your money." Because we're going to win games, and you're going to come right back. That's exactly what happened. So I, I think Gus needs to put his foot down with the, with, this, with the boosters and with the administration and say, let me be, people. Let me coach. But at the well, same point in time, somebody needs to tell Gus, you can't win. call plays no more. Yep, and that's what I think happened. And, and I'm going to tell you this right now. And the reason maybe Malzahn hasn't been fired in the past right now is because, you know, He's been a great recruiter, but who are you going to get to replace him? But there's a coach out there on the market right now. This name has been cleared in the lawsuit with Baylor is Art Bryles. And I could see Art Bryles coming to Auburn, negotiate. I think they talked to Gus Malzahn after that first game against Clemson and said, look, we're looking. Because you can't, you can't go re- recruit another coach, really, without at least notifying that coach and their agent to say, look, guys, we're we're looking. Gus, if you don't start winning, we're going to fire you, but we're going to be looking right now. And right now there's you a sure coach on that? the street that – I think so. But 2003? Like that, I believe. Two, oh, no, 2003, like Bell? Yeah. Okay. I know, and that's why he didn't get hired, because it was kind of like <laughs> – they got caught with their pants down, and uh, I know exactly that year. That was that was crazy. Tuberville still should have been fired. I don't care what happened in 2004. He should have been fired in 2003. That's probably won the championship. But anyway, Art Bryles is that home run higher right now that you can get. And I don't know. I think he's one of those coaches that you're willing to take a risk on because he wins. He can he can run any offense. It seems like. And you know what? He could put Nick Saban on alert in the SEC today. You know, there's a new sheriff in town, and it, it wouldn't be a, a big, it wouldn't be a big overhaul in players. I mean, I think Art would have have better players at Auburn than he had at Baylor. And you know, Art likes to run the football. The only thing is, I worry about Art Browse's defense. But anyway, we struggle with that until this year. But if you have a chance to hit a home run with a higher. That's the only way you let Gus Malzahn go, Jonathan. That's it. The only way you let a coach go like Gus Malzahn is if you have a home run hire. You don't bring in Houston Nutt. You don't fire Gus Malzahn and not have a coach and wait three months and then bring in some has-been. You see what I'm saying? And I think the Art Bryle situation won't be a rumor after this weekend if Auburn loses. I'll put it that way. It won't be a rumor anymore. It'll be pretty much made official. Well, there, there's uh, obviously the Art Bryles thing is, is gaining a lot of traction. Uh, Rick Neuheisel, uh, I know, put out the story, and he's like, "Look, this is this is what I've heard. These are the conversations." Um, but I've also heard another rumbling, which I thought was entertaining because it was an idea that I had right after Saturday, uh, at right around I don't know three forty-five, four o'clock. Um, you know, there's that coach up there at that school in Kentucky who most of the fan base, no matter how much they win, will not like him 
And they just, you know, that they, I don't think he actually wanted to leave the SEC uh, the first go-around at that other school in the SEC West with a name that starts with A. And I, I, I think that's somebody you need to look at as possibly Bolton because he has shown no loyalty to any program whatsoever in years uh, past. And it's a coach that, to be completely honest, the fan base already has a co- another coach picked out that they would rather have be their head coach. And Jason Humphrey said that Art Briles will be in Oregon. I thought I thought he was all about um, Oregon, right? I thought he was going to stay in Oregon and, and be great. But, Jonathan, take over real quick, talk about this, and I'll be right back, okay? All right, sounds good. Um, so, for those that weren't able to pick up on what I was spreading there. There was a rumbling that an Auburn contingent flew up to Louisville and uh, to have a discussion with uh, uh, Bobby Petrino about coming back to the SEC. And speaking with people that I know within the Louisville uh, contingent, Bobby Petrino is not well-liked by that fan base. They were mad at him with the way he left. Uh, they were disappointed with what happened with the Falcons and with what happened uh, with Arkansas, with the way he left the Falcons and the way he got fired from Arkansas. Because uh, that's a good Christian fan base, and they don't like any time it sounds like a coach got caught, got fired for having an extramarital affair. So <clears throat> I think that there is a real – a real concern amongst Auburn, if you will, that obviously it's a two-head race, and both the coaches you're looking at have off the uh, off the field issues. Bart Riles, yes, he was cleared of the lawsuit with Baylor, uh, but that's still going to hang over his head. And you have what happened with Petrino, especially what happened with Arkansas, and I imagine some of the fan base isn't really digging that. But at the end of the day, both these guys run an offense that is somewhat similar to uh, Gus Malzahn. So you don't really, you know, you don't have to worry about a talent issue. Bobby can make anything work with almost any quarterback at this day and age. We saw what happened with Ryan Mallett. We see what's happening with Lamar Jackson. And if you go back, Brian Brom, uh, Stephen LaFleur's, uh, guys that he did really well with at Louisville. And uh, I think you look at Art Bryles. I mean, RG3, Bryce Teddy, Seth Russell, he had three quarterbacks in succession that all look pretty darn good over there. Offens- you know, they like to run the ball, no doubt about it. Uh, LaShante C. Trump. Um, obviously saw a lot of that, whereas Louisville, they haven't really had a, a keystone running back to, throw to, you know, to give it to, but as we saw Brandon Ratcliffe, they're not afraid to run the ball. I mean, boy had 14 carries on 118 yards. Uh, so it, it'll be interesting to see what happens there uh, if Auburn does decide to let go of Gus, which coach they can get to bite first. Now, Art, obviously, they, I think, get the bike. He wants to coach, no doubt about that. Art Brown does not want to be sitting at home. And he was a darn good recruiter in the state of Texas, uh, and I think he has the ability to draw players out of Texas into Alabama uh, for, you know, for Auburn as well as, you know, obviously, recruit the area. Bob Petrino just seems to do a pretty darn good job recruiting no matter where he goes. You know, it's funny. He was more successful at, all, at Arkansas than Brett Bielema is now, and people want to talk about how good Bielema is. They tend to forget that Petrino ever existed there. Arkansas became someone to kind of pay attention and look out for under Petrino. 
I mean, this is a guy who took Ryan Mallett mm-hmm. as a transfer from Michigan. And, I mean, 2010, Arkansas was a feared team. There's no doubt about that. That Arkansas team put up 40-plus points on Auburn that year and kind of put the fear of God into Auburn for most of that game until Cam Newton finally said, enough with this, I'm done. So, I, I think, hey, honestly, Auburn you. might be looking at Bobby. I would take him in a heartbeat. My number, here's my here's my order of coaches if I was going to get them right now. Um Tom Herman is one. I don't think he's leaving Houston, so I'm just – I would like to have him. But between Petrino and Bryles, Jonathan, give me Bobby. Um, you know, this guy did something that men do sometimes. They cheat on their spouse. It doesn't make him a monster, you know. It's not like Jerry Sandusky and Bobby – or Joe Paterno at Penn State. And it's, I just think that, you know, winning cures everything, right? If Bobby Petrino comes to Auburn and mm-hmm. goes, and he wins, I'm telling you, if he's been in Auburn right now, he'd have three or four national championships. That's what kind of coach he is. And it doesn't matter what quarterback he gets, they're studs. He turns them into them. Or Gus turns studs into duds and turns people that, I don't know, Juco guys that aren't quarterbacks, they're great quarterbacks. I don't know. I mean, it's just he doesn't develop them and, Bobby Petrino and Art Bryles do develop quarterbacks. You saw Art Bryles last year. What was it? Third-string quarterback, third-string running back, run for 650 yards on North Carolina. Exactly. And, you know, the, the Jarrett Stidham, who's – I mean, he was a highly tied recruit, was a backup quarterback. Um, he's looking to transfer. And I know Auburn is one of the teams on his list right now. If Mark Riles gets the head coaching job or Bobby Pacino gets the head coaching job, he's running. He's signing up right away. Uh, I, I, I hey, think hey, he wouldn't have any me? problems. Can you hear me right now? Can you hear me right yeah, now? Yeah, of course. Good? Yeah. Okay, I just don't hear. It's like the volume's down. But do you think Bobby Petrino would lead that quarterback at Louisville right now? I mean, the guy's a sophomore. I believe he's a sophomore, right? So, uh I mean, he's got one more year with him. Do you think if they made a playoff push this year that he'd walk away from Louisville with that kind of quarterback? Or do you think he's like, I want to be back in the SEC right now in a place he's familiar with and and get Stidham and all these other guys? And I mean, you got to look at Louisville compared to Auburn. The talent's at Auburn more than it is Louisville. Louisville has that quarterback, though, and a good defense. It just makes it tough on people. Uh, I think Florida State quit too, but do you think Petrino would leave that guy, or leave that team with that quarterback? Well, I mean, Lamar is a redshirt sophomore, uh, so and to be completely frank, as, as he's one of those guys that's going to be a damn good college quarterback, but I don't think he translates to the pros. I know Michael Vick says, well, he's better than me. Well, to be completely frank, Michael Vick wasn't that good of an NFL quarterback. He was just fun to watch. Vick uh, said he could run. killing dogs. Uh, well, that, that too. So I don't think Bobby would be worried about leaving Jackson because if he's going to hold on to Jackson, he's going to be there at least another, at least another year, maybe two. So uh, personally – I think Bobby would have no worries because he's going to Auburn. He's going to get handed uh, either John Franklin the third, uh, or he's going to get handed Stidham, or he's got Woody Barrett, or he's got Sean White. I don't think he minds the quarterback talent there. I think he's somebody that could actually uh, make Sean White better. I think he can make John Franklin better. I, honestly, this guy speaks to quarterbacks the way that Jimbo Fisher does. Please don't. Please don't mention Sean White again on this radio show. I'm tired of talking about it. <laughs> 
I'm tired of I'm tired of hearing his I'm tired of seeing his <laughs> slow ass on the field every game and knowing what's coming. I'm sorry. I'm just I'm bitter. I'm a bitter man right now when it comes to Sean White. But what's funny is all these Auburn fans out there making you know, talking to me like I didn't know anything about the quarterback situation. Even Quinn on here was like, No, I think White's a great quarterback for Auburn. No, he sucks, dude. He's uh he's He's just not that good for the system. He doesn't suck as a as a quarterback in general, but Gus Malzahn ought to be fired for giving him a scholarship. I don't understand why you get a, give a scholarship to this guy, but I'm telling you this, and we'll get off Auburn, but I'm telling you, Jonathan, if if we're talking Sunday night about Auburn losing to LSU, then that Art Riles talk gets bigger. But where do you think Art would go first, Oregon? Or Auburn. I don't think Oregon's in any rush to fire Helfrich. He hasn't done anything to get fired. Gus Malzahn has. So, do you think Art Browse would take the Auburn job if offered? I, I think he'd take the Auburn job. You know, because with Art, the question with him isn't really a choice. It's more of will you actually get offered anything uh that that that's yeah. art's biggest biggest issue is there there's a legitimate concern if you will that uh at least in his camp that he may not get offers but i mean and people here's some dummies that think that he's going to be the offensive coordinator if you think gus malzahn is going to allow art Bryles to come under him and if you think art Bryles is going to go work under somebody as a coordinator you're crazy you're just crazy. It's different than, than – I mean, these guys – it's like Muschamp was a defensive guy when he came to Auburn, so Gus didn't feel as threatened. But Art Bryles was a head coach winning Big 12 championships, playing for important games. You know, he, he knows how to win. Gus hasn't done that in a while. So I think Art Bryles coming to Auburn as an OC is about a 1% chance at that. I think him coming to Auburn as the head coach, more of a 60-40 kind of thing. Well, I agree with you. I don't think Bryles is going to take an offensive coordinating job uh, anywhere. Uh, I think anybody who thinks that's a little out of their mind. Thank you. I'm glad you agree. Well, I'm going to pick Auburn in the game. Who are you picking? Oh, man. I don't even really want to pick this game. What's that spread again? Three and a half? You don't don't have to. You don't have to. You skip this one for me because you yeah. don't want to piss off the, the host tonight, you know, and upset him, get him all frustrated, and and uh, well, let me let me say this: I'll, I'll take want. Auburn plus. The, I'll take Auburn plus the points because of that hook. I'll okay. take Auburn plus the points. I'll take Auburn minus twenty four. Anybody want to take that? No, I'm joking. There's a little guy called Leonard Fournette. We may have to worry about. You know, he just. Skull drug our whole team last year by himself. He had to, at one time he he was carrying eleven Auburn guys to the end zone. Well, ten. One of them was running away from him, but ten guys <laughs> were on his shoulder. The other one was running away from him, and uh, I still I still remember that first play of the game last year in Baton Rouge. But tonight, big game, ACC two three and O teams battling. People think Georgia Tech have a chance in this one. If Clemson plays the way they have been, maybe. But I think uh, Watson is a mature quarterback. He's got his weapons. The defense 
can put pressure on the quarterback. Again, when you're playing a team like Georgia Tech that, that chop blocks you and cuts your knees out from under you, it, it kind of makes defenses a little less aggressive. So I think this could be a close game, and but I think at the end, I think Clemson pulls it out by a couple of touchdowns. I think it's a close game, enjoyable to watch for a little while, but Clemson's always going to have that seven-point lead in this game, Jonathan, I think. Well, I see that the line moved down two and a half points. Which uh, always uh, what is it interests now? me. Uh, it, it, it opened at thirteen. It's ten and a half now. Um, I, I'm, I'm last time Georgia Tech had a whiteout game at home was uh, against Clemson. Georgia Tech smoked them. I mean, smoked them. Wasn't a contest. No need to worry about it. Got dump trucked. I'm going to call it right now. Georgia Tech beats Clemson. Georgia Tech will beat – I'll take the points all day. Don't worry about it. You know, don't don't think I'm not looking at 10.5 and and going, mmm, delicious, and looking at the over-under of 58 and going, hey, that's staying under that. Everybody's stoned if you're taking the over. You're taking Uh, the money line? I would take – I'll take the 10.5, but I'm definitely putting one on money line. No doubt about it. I think I I circled this for the season. I think Tech wins this game. You can't you can't do a money line on anything over ten, can you? It depends on who you have. Okay. Well, here's the deal, and and I know Vanderbilt sucks as a team, probably offensively too, but defensively Vanderbilt's good, and Georgia Tech annihilated them last week. So. What it looks like to me is Georgia Tech has it rolling right now. And if they if they get it rolling and Clemson you've seen Georgia Tech, they, they can beat teams. Especially when they're rolling. I'm not ready to call that upset, but would I be surprised? No. I wouldn't be surprised. So I'm gonna pick Clemson in a in a about a two touchdown game, you're picking the upset. I like it. I like it a lot. Uh let's see, Tennessee and Florida, man. Here we are, people talking about this game like it's Nobody's business, you know. People are talking about Florida's going to win, and and Jonathan, I said it before the season. I said Florida, Tennessee would beat them by thirty-four, but now I've dropped it down to twenty-one. I think I think Tennessee wins this game by twenty-one points. I just think you're going to see a serious team come out. What what worries me a little bit is Tennessee's offense has only put up three hundred fifty-one yards a game this year, and they played. Uh, Appalachian State, Ohio, and Virginia Tech. That scares me. Florida, Florida's put up 466, but they played three high school teams. So, so really, I look at it. I think this is the game Tennessee explodes. I think this is the game they put it together. <laughs> it's the fourth game, and I think this. And 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 you may disagree with me real quick. I think. Tennessee looked at the, their, this four-game stretch they're about to go into, and I think it was hard to get them motivated for the first three, really. And I think because you can't get up for every game you play, you have to be able to play bad and win to win a championship, and Tennessee has done that. They've played bad, and they've won when they shouldn't have, especially the Appalachian State game. But I think they take out some frustration on Florida this weekend. What do you think, man? I, I have Tennessee big, three touchdowns. I think Tennessee covers spread, no doubt about it. I, I, look, all right, Florida starting off in Appleby. Yeah, he was a highly 
touted quarterback, whatever. He wasn't wanted at Purdue. Uh, he wasn't wanted at Purdue. Florida is starting a kid that Purdue was like, we don't want you no more. Come on. All right, so looking <laughs> at this game, the worst team. No, yeah, oh, that's sad. That is the sad state of of the SEC when two of the starting quarterbacks on teams that are probably going to finish, uh, let's say, in the top half of each uh, division are transferred from Purdue. Yeah, that's bad. But <laughs> Florida, the best team, team, best team that Florida's played this year is um, Kentucky. Kentucky, maybe. Yeah, yeah. and it, yeah. Uh, and the best, the worst team that Tennessee's played this year is Ohio. Is Ohio. Now I'm willing to tell you right now that Ohio beat Kentucky. <laughs> I don't even think it's close. Uh, you know, especially when I saw Kentucky defense last week. Oh boy. Uh, so, I think I think Tennessee rolls. I think Tennessee swept walk through Ohio, no doubt about it. They were looking ahead to next week. Uh, as we saw, I think they looked past Appalachian State to get the Virginia Tech, and I think they looked past Ohio to get now. Tennessee can't fumble that ball. They fumble, I think they have, out of the 18 fumbles in the three games, they've recovered 15 of them. That's stupid fumble luck. It's not going to keep up. Secure the football. I thought they did a good job of getting Kamara a little more involved. I think Tennessee wins this game. I think they snapped the streak of 11. I'm going to take them to win by double digits. And Florida's going to find out, at least Quincy Wilson's going to find out, that Ducks can pull trucks. And then they're going to complain, oh, we lost because our quarterback was out. Well, Tennessee's got some players out, too. But don't, you can't say that when you guarantee and wins right now. So I don't want to hear you crying at the end of the day. Uh, Big 12 shootout right here. We got Baylor, Oklahoma State. And I'm still pissed off that, that Oklahoma State didn't get that rule in their favor for that win. That's robbery. That's cheating. That's unethical. That's the problem with this country right now. People can't make it right when they blew it. Uh, Baylor at home, I think, is going to be way too much to handle, Jonathan, in this game. I think uh, it's going to be a close one. It's going to be a shootout over under 73-and-a-half. I like Baylor by a touchdown. Yeah, because I saw that spread, and it's, um, I believe it's still eight. Uh, which nine. is a little funky. Uh, and nine, yeah. I mean, that that spread. I think I think the spread's a little too. It's funny how much money is being put on Oklahoma State, and that line's not moving like it should. Uh, but anyways, um, I don't know if Baylor's going to cover the spread. Uh, I think OK State plus the points is the right play. I think Baylor's going to win this game, and it's just going to continue to aggravate the Big Twelve because the last thing the Big mm-hmm. Twelve wants is for Baylor to run this table because nobody likes Baylor. Well, no. In the Big Ten, here's a big matchup, Wisconsin-Michigan State. Which team is for real? Which team isn't? I think Michigan State high off a win last week. I think they dropped the ball this week at home, and I think Wisconsin's defense is the difference. I think Wisconsin goes into Spartan, Sparty and beats them. I think it's a close game, but I think Wisconsin wins. I think Michigan State wins, and I think they cover the spread. Um, I, I think they're going to win uh, 24 to uh, 14 right in that ballpark. 
Um, you know, Wisconsin has a better defense than Notre Dame, no doubt about that. But I really like this kid, a quarterback from Michigan State, O'Connor. I really like what they got going on at running back with O.J. Scott. Uh, I think they're going to um, get after Wisconsin uh, and limit their offense. And that'll, in the end, translate to a victory. As long as they cover, I like all I care about. In the SEC, A&M, and this is that neutral side game, I believe, right? And don't they play in uh, in Jerry's World, Texas A&M, or Arkansas? Or are they, yeah, they playing in A&M? I, think, I know it's in Dallas. No, it's AT&T. It's AT&T Stadium. Yeah, Jerry's World. Yeah, that's where they'll be playing. A&M, um, I think Arkansas is not as good as what people think right now. I think that win at TCU was against a, not a very good TCU team. Um I think a and M's actually a pretty good football team. I don't think they're great, but I think they're good enough to cover the six and a half against Arkansas. And, you know, they keep rolling and they keep getting these wins, man. You've got to watch out for A&M because they do have the athletes. Chavis has got that defense playing well. If they can just keep consistent on offense, being able to run the football, this is a team that could seriously contend for the SEC championship. I like A&M over Arkansas this weekend. I like A&M as well. I don't like the line, and I don't know why it moved from two and a half to six. Uh, that just doesn't smell right. Uh, these are always fun games. So I recommend anybody watch this. I think it's going to be a, a blast to uh, to watch. So not a clock. Um, yeah, so it's a nice nice way to go to bed. Um, I think A&M's going to win this, uh, win this game by, you know, anywhere from like three to seven. It, I just think they're the better team. I don't think Arkansas is – uh, going to be able to uh, really limit them offensively, but uh, I think their offense will have some success against A&M's defense. And, and let me give you, this game's not a big game, really, but let me tell you the difference between Chip Kelly and Mike Helfrich. Oregon's at home playing Colorado. When, when Kelly was here, that line would be about 40. The line's 10.5 right now, Oregon at home. The line dropped from like 11.5 down to 10.5. I think this game is going to be pretty close, Colorado and Oregon, Jonathan. I do. I think going to Nebraska last week hurt Oregon. You know, they were close in it. They played well enough to win. They lost it. How much do they have left to come back home against Colorado? I think Oregon wins, but I think it's closer than what the experts think. Well, I, it all kind of hinges on uh, quarterback, uh, quarterback. Oh, Colorado's quarterback, uh, whether he's healthy or not. Uh, and I mean, oh. Michigan played a tough game last week against uh, against Colorado. Uh, it wasn't until really the second half that Michigan was able to take that game over. How much does Colorado have left uh, after that game? Um, you know, it's it is a tough game. I don't think Oregon to win. I'm not going to even touch the spread with Devin Allen being out for the year, and I know they're starting to tackles out for the year. They have some injuries on defense. This Oregon team is an injured mess, but I think they'll do enough to win this game at home. All right, Ole Miss at home, noon kickoff against Georgia. We talked about it earlier in the show. Um, I think this is going to be a rout. I think Ole Miss beats Georgia by at least three touchdowns, and they finally figure out how to play in the second half. Ole Miss big, and I think it's going to open up a lot of people's eyes to the glaring holes at Georgia called the offensive line, a freshman quarterback, and a defense is kind of sketchy at times. 
Ole Miss big, Jonathan. Big. Yeah, I like Ole Miss to cover the spread as well. I don't think Georgia's going to be able to hang around for too long. Um, I think Georgia's got enough problems uh, with an in- with the inconsistencies of the quarterback play, and their their defense obviously showed uh, some weaknesses so far this year. All right, Stanford at UCLA, Big Pac-12 game, eight o'clock kickoff in California. In UCLA, I like UCLA in this. They're the dog, but I think Stanford's just a little overrated. They're carrying that name well right now. But UCLA played A and M in the overtime on the road in College Station. I think they're a little better than people think. Rather than Week One, you really can't tell who's good. But after watching that game, seeing the game, I think UCLA pulls the upset. Yeah, I think Stanford beats them up. Um, uh, you know, no, you're a great... Stanford homer. <laughs> well, I mean, <laughs> the, the the great the great thing about Stanford, and we saw it against <laughs> US, we saw it against USC, and it was just kind of funny. To where they're like, all right, well, once we get to twenty, this game's over, and you you can really you can really sense that uh, because they got twenty points. Like, all right, well, yeah, we're not giving up more than twenty points. This game's over. Let's just get out of here without McCaffrey getting hurt. I think McCaffrey has a big game. I know people look at what happened last week with BYU and how Jamal Williams is longest from was five yards. Well, that's fine and dandy, but Stanford's a little better up front. Christian McCaffrey's a little better running back. I think Stanford wins this game by at least a touchdown. You're a homer. I'm going with UCLA in this one, baby. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> Uh, you have I just, fun I with that. I just can't believe. You. I just can't believe. I just can't believe you're that big of a homer, man. You love Stanford. <laughs> you when I when I've guaranteed three losses, two losses to people, and they got on this show and laughed at me, and it happened. I'm gonna do it again this year. Stanford's a little bit overrated, but the Pac-12 is not that great. I mean, they're they're good, but they're not they're not that great. I think it's pretty balanced in the Pac-12 this year. Nobody's gonna oh, make the playoffs, but. I had I had Stanford losing two games <laughs> at the beginning of the year, so uh, I don't even have I don't even have them winning the conference or their division. So I mean I, I, I'm with you. I, they're obviously going to have some issues uh, with uh, their quarterback, but I think Josh Rosen is vastly overhyped at the same point in time. Well, let's let's move to this last game real quick, Jonathan. Your Seminoles on the road bounce back game against South Florida on the road. And let's this South Florida offense is averaging about 50 points a game, allowing 19. They're averaging over 518 yards a game, giving up about 386. But, again, the state of Florida belongs to Florida State until somebody tells me otherwise, until somebody can show me otherwise. That, and, and, and you know what's crazy about this is, is Clemson, Florida State, and Louisville are all in the same division, Jonathan. Talk about that just for a second. How unfair that is, really, when you have Georgia Tech, Virginia Tech, Duke, Miami, North Carolina, Pitt, and Virginia right here in one division. But you've got three teams that could win a national championship, possibly, in the same division. Sounds like the SEC West a few years ago, right? Yeah, definitely. I mean, you know, people are writing off Florida State right now, and that's fine and dandy. Y'all go ahead and do that. Uh, you know, just like we, we wrote off uh, Alabama uh, and we wrote off uh, Ohio State because that, that worked out so well. Um, 
Yeah, I don't. I don't think Florida State's dead yet. Um, I think the fact that all these teams have to play each other, and for Louisville, they got to play uh, Florida State, and then uh, two weeks later, they actually have back-to-back road games after that. They got to go to Marshall, which whatever, and then they got to go to Clemson. So, hey, uh, Louisville's sitting here going, "Come on, man, we can't, we can't catch a break in scheduling." Which I wish they had to play a real team in the interdivision game, but whatever. Uh, yeah, I, it's insane. The three teams are insane being in the same half. Uh, USF offensively. Hold on. Yeah, you put hold on. What if? Yeah. Hold on. What if? Uh, what if Clemson beats Louisville? Mm. Florida State beats Clemson. Mm. What, what happens? Tell me how they okay. figure that one out. So it was announced this week that if the because the second tiebreaker actually won't go into effect this year because of the way the schedule worked out. They don't have any um, mutual non-interdivision opponents or out-of-division opponents, um, which just was weird. But anyways, uh, so they hired a, a firm. Um, I can't remember the name of it now. But essentially, if all three teams are 11-1, they need to decide who's going to play for the ACC championship, right? They've, it's a round, they've essentially round-robbed each other. Um, it's kind of like the Big 12 in 2008 when Texas got in. Uh, what they're going to do is there's going to be a, essentially a BCS rankings formula, uh, and it's one of the companies from which I understand the playoff committee actually uh, uses their rankings as part of their homework. Uh, and whoever that company has ranked as the highest team will be declared the uh, ACC Atlantic champ and go to the ACC title game. Uh, so it's obviously very interesting. Um, I would love it if we could just alleviate this issue and have Louisville uh, lose to Clemson. And I don't know if it's possible, but to somebody else later in, in the ACC schedule, and obviously Clemson lose tonight and then – to Florida State, so Florida State goes eleven and one and wins. Maybe that even the Houston controversy. Well, yeah, maybe well, even well, the Houston that would help. That would help. I mean, if they lose to Houston uh, and they lose to Clemson, then they're you know we we obviously need then at that point that for Clemson to only lose to Florida State, uh, and if that tie happens, uh, I'm almost dead right that Florida State will get that bid because they beat Clemson head to head and Louisville have two losses. Uh, but at the end of the day, really, really need Louisville to lose as bad as it'll look. Need them to lose two uh, in-conference games and for us uh, to run But I'm going to tell you, and, and and I know Florida, I know you talked about earlier, Florida State lost this one game, but Florida State's going to have to do a lot to get that perception out that they got blew out like they did. But it's also helping the beating Ole Miss like they did. And if Ole Miss, I think what's going to happen is, they're going to start catching fire now. And the better Ole Miss looks and Florida State looks, it's going to be a fluke. That's what you have to make it look like. You have to make it look like a fluke. And it was. Because if you're telling me Louisville's 50 points better than Florida State, okay, then why was Florida State favored? You know, if that's the reason, why was Florida State favored in the game? They quit. And and every team quits at some time during a season one game. So, I'm going to forgive Florida State if they go out in good fashion and they blow out teams. Like, they go to Clemson and bitch slap them. You know, they don't have to blow them out too bad, but they dominate them like they did when Winston was there. Stuff like that. I think that's what they need to focus on. Running up the score is very important if you're Florida State from here on out. Even if Jimbo doesn't like to do it, you have to beat teams by 50 if you can. When you're playing the Wake Forest and the – 
Virginias and people of the world, you got to beat them bad, Jonathan. You cannot take your foot off the gas anymore. I agree. Uh, you know, and it's funny because people are like, well, if Louisville beat Florida State by 43, then they would beat Ole Miss by 54. And you're like, mm-hmm, no. <laughs> um, <laughs> we, we, we saw what happens when you think that way. Uh, they lost to Alabama by like five. So, And I think, honestly, I think Ole Miss-Louisville would be a, a pretty damn fun game just because of the way both offenses uh, run. But yeah, Florida State needs to go ahead and take care of business. Uh, fun fact, Jimbo Fisher is 2-7 and seven at Florida State uh, as a head coach when uh, when his team finishes, when the game starts and his team's an underdog. Louisville actually wound up being a one-point favorite uh, when the game started. There's a lot of late rush money on them. Um, those people look like geniuses. Um and uh, that's obviously a trend that they need to fix. That's that's not that's embarrassing. Um, when you lose game, you know it's like oh we were supposed to lose the game anyways. Yeah, but your Florida State to go two and seven, two and seven. That's embarrassing. You can't get your team up with an underdog. You can't say nobody respects you and get the team fired. Come on, man. I mean we look, there's a lot of gripes with Jimbo Fisher. To be completely honest, there's a lot. The fan base is. Well, he brought us a championship, but it's not exactly a head coach that we love. Like, Bobby, you loved. Uh, Joe Paul was loved. Uh, Nick Saban is loved. Urban Meyer right now, oddly enough, is loved. But I don't think Ohio State fans really need to reciprocate that. But anyways, Jimbo's not loved. People look at Jimbo and go, mm, what are you doing on fourth down there? Why are we kicking a field goal instead of going for it? Why did we stop playing football two quarters ago? Why can't you tell our mobile quarterback to run the ball? Like, really? Is he that afraid to run? We've seen him run. He runs a 4-6. Let the boy run. You can't call a zone read when we have Everett Golson at quarterback. That's all he ran at Notre Dame. You can't call it now? So, yeah. Um, yeah, J- Jimbo's got issues. Uh, getting to this game, though, USF has played nobody. Nobody with any defense. You played Townsend. Sucks. You played Northern Illinois. Sucks. You played Syracuse. Sucks. I they were down seventeen nothing to Syracuse of all teams. Florida State covers the spread this week. Florida State wins this game. They come out and they're going to dominate this. They're going to take care of business because if they don't, then that team's quit and write them off now. Don't pay attention to the rest of the season. Everybody who hates Florida State, ha ha, laugh all you want. I'm just going to go back and you know look at years prior when you got sucked or the last time that y'all even beat FSU. Uh, but ride them off if they don't roll this game. If they squeak another one by USF, we'll always play them tight. If they squeak another one out, ride them off. It's over. Season's over. I'm not playing this yeah. game with them this year. I agree. We'll see how they look. Quick update, Clemson went down the field real quick, 7 nothing. First play for Georgia Tech, Clemson comes in and sacks them. So that money line bet may not be good, Jonathan. Clemson's looking like they're ready to play some football tonight here in Atlanta. So, guys, we'll be back Sunday evening to to recap all these games and everything. We're out of time tonight. Jonathan, thanks for joining me. Um, We covered a lot in the hour and 45 minutes. So, uh, take care. Enjoy. I'm going to be watching football from the comfort of my own home this this weekend. So, that'll be nice (laughs) for a change. I've been on the road every weekend watching football in Auburn. So, maybe I'll change their luck and uh, they'll win without me this weekend. 
Uh, you know, it, it always seems to happen that way, don't it? It does. Well, take care, man. Everybody out there, have a safe weekend. Enjoy the football. We'll talk to you soon. God bless. Hi, y'all. See you.